What's up, y'all? It is Jason Watson, and welcome to Say That, to Say This. You know, we talk about any topic that pops up. You never know what Josh is going to pull out the air, man. You just you just never know what's going to happen. It's true. But, but what he's going to do today is he's going to introduce our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jess Adams with the St. Louis Diaper <laughs> Bank. Glad Thank to have you. you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, real quick. So, I'm a Louisiana guy. Mm -hmm. We're post-Mardi Gras. All I've it's done. Fat Tuesday. It is Fat Tuesday. It is Fat Tuesday. It is Fat Tuesday. It's a big day, right? So uh, all my buddies are down in New Orleans, and they're, everybody talks about, like, hey, when I go to Louisiana, where do I have to go? What do you have to do? What parade? All this different stuff. If somebody's coming in town to hang out with you guys, what's your St. Louis go-to? Mm. What spot am I taking them to? I, is this if I'm coming to visit you, if I'm coming to visit you, and then we haven't hung out in a minute, mm. where are you going to take me? I always love to take people for Italian food on the hill. Yes, where? Okay. What's uh, your spot? Oh, now I'm gonna blank on a spot. It's like right on the corner. No, they have fantastic steak, and they also have another location somewhere else in St. Louis. Why? It starts with a G. Mm -hmm. Is it? Uh, I don't know what it is. Gitos, Charlie. Gitos. Yes, Charlie Gitos. Of okay. course. Yes, of course. They have of one course. downtown yep. as well. Um, and we are fans of the St. Louis Zoo. We live in Tower Grove, so it's close to, to our zoo. hood, and we love Tower Grove Park. Food Truck Friday is always a great Absolutely. deal Absolutely. for visitors. Jay. Hmm, hmm. <laughs> that I'm depends it, on man. the person that's coming in town. Come with it. You know what I mean? Right. So I say that to say this. I'm assuming this person <laughs> don't want to turn up like that. I'm assuming that they just cool people, and they just pass it through. So if they that individual, um, I mean, one, this, this is just off the cuff. This don't got nothing to do with where I would take them, but they gonna experience emos. It just has to happen. All right. That's All number right. one, it has All to right. happen. But if I'm gonna take them somewhere to get some food, the St. Louis that they know is gonna be great, hmm, I might go to the Broadway Oyster Bar. Oh, okay. yeah, especially during Mardi Gras. Absolutely. Yep. Good food, yeah. good drinks, you in the downtown atmosphere, you safe. Yep. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. I, I'd come hang out with you guys. Oh, oh really? Perfect. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. I like it's in, I'm in good hands. Now, if it was you, you you turn up. So I'd take you somewhere that we can't mention them. <laughs> listen, man, listen. We got the kids. So the kids changed the game. And so, because everybody, all of our friends in that stage of life were like, we just got to get as fast as we can to St. Louis, uh, to City Museum. Mm -hmm. Because kids got to go crazy. Absolutely. Run hard. Get tired. Get tired. Then we can yeah. go to the hill. Then we can go do whatever we right. want to do. Exactly right. End up in yeah. the Central West. I'm down for that kind of parenting. <laughs> so Jess, thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Um, maybe to kick this off, can we just hear a little bit about your story? Sure. Um, are you from St. Louis? How did you get to this place? And then we want to attack you with questions about the St. Louis Diaper Sounds Bank because you guys great. have been an incredible partner to us. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I want to talk about that. Great. Thanks. So I'm not a St. Louis native. My family is from St. Louis. My dad grew up here. He went to St. John Vianney High School. All right. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually moved back to St. Louis about 16 years ago. So I've been here for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um and I started the diaper bank in 2014, um, actually really as a response to my own experience of diaper needs. So mm -hmm. in 2010, I got divorced and I had just started graduate school. I had literally zero dollars of income and uh, was obviously struggling to make ends meet yeah, on, sure. on that level of income. And, you know, we got support. Oh, so I have, I had four kids then, I have five now. Um, my youngest son was two and still in diapers. And so like we had trouble 
getting everything that we needed, yeah. but we were able to get support from, I mean, my folks were incredibly helpful during that time, but you know, we also received assistance with rent and utilities from our, the St. Vincent de Paul Society. I got food from the food pantry at my church. My mm. kids were on Medicaid. They were getting free school lunches. Mm. You know, we were getting food stamps. And so there was like a lot of support. We even got adopted for Christmas, right? So we never went without Christmas presents. But the first time I showed up at my church's food pantry, um, a humbling experience yeah, in and of true. itself, yeah, my church, true. my people, right. and I, no, I'm not here to volunteer. No, I'm here because mm -hmm. I need some help. Yeah. Um, I asked the woman at the front if they had diapers and she sort of, I mean, nothing bad against her, but she looked at me like I was nuts. Like, um, this is a food pantry and we have food here. Yeah. So no, on Definitely the diapers, yeah, right. 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 Um, and I felt really embarrassed for having asked the question. Mm. I felt ashamed that I wasn't able to meet that need, but really what that encounter made me feel was like, if a food pantry that is here to help folks who are struggling, if they don't have diapers, then people must not need diapers. Mm -hmm. And maybe good moms can figure out how to get the diapers mm -hmm. that their kids need. And mm -hmm. it was really, I mean, yeah. poverty is isolating. Sure. Um, being divorced is isolating. But that sense that it was my fault mm -hmm. that my kids didn't have what they needed was horrible. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. Um, and not true. Right, but nobody talks about, sure. no one was talking about that. So I really did feel like it was just me. So I finished graduate school and I got a master's in social work from St. Louis University and a master's in pastoral studies from Aquinas Institute mm -hmm. of Theology. And um, I was listening to NPR mm -hmm. and heard a story about diaper need. Um, the first study in the country had just been completed by the National Diaper Bank Network and their CEO, Joanne Goldblum, was talking about how one in three moms routinely lacks access to wow. the diapers that mm -hmm. she needs to keep her kiddos clean and dry. And that for me was like, a, mm. a, it was both relief and devastation. Like, wow. it wasn't just me. Right. It wasn't just my fault. Sure. But like really overwhelming, one in three, that, that felt incredible to me. So Joanne also said in that interview, like, well, you know, diaper banks are just kind of popping up everywhere and almost every major city in the U.S. has a diaper bank. And I was like, we're St. Louis, St. Louis is a major city. <laughs> so I'm like on Google looking for the diaper bank so I can volunteer. And there was nothing. Huh. And mm. um, so I just, you know, it was an idea that started percolating. I had talked with some friends and partners at other nonprofit agencies that serve low-income families and kind of asked, like, do do people ask you for diapers? And they're like, oh mm. my God, like this is the number one thing that people are asking us for. And so they were like, why? And so I said, well, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, this like idea to start a diaper bank. And every conversation after I said that, like people were like, okay, sure, whatever. Like, when are you gonna be ready to give out the diapers? Right. <laughs> we, we are ready, the demand oh, is here. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay, fine, figure right, it out, right. we're ready. Um, <laughs> So the needs assessment process kind of felt pretty simple, um, sure. and I mean the need the need was incredible. So I figured I have an MSW, I could totally run a nonprofit organization. I was wrong. Uh, no, I mean we're obviously doing a, yeah, something right, sure. um, but that's 
that's really where our motivation comes from. You know, I had a support network because I didn't come up in generational poverty. That was a situational experience of poverty for me. Hmm. And so I had networks of support based on just, you know, the rest of my life. But that feeling of aloneness that I had when I was in that situation, I wanted to do what I could to try to alleviate that feeling for other mm. moms in St. Louis. And that's really like the center and the core of the work that we're doing. Let me now. say this, honest moment. In the moment where you end up in this circumstance or situation, which I'm gonna assume you never imagined you would find yourself in, how did that change your perspective of individuals that have found themselves in that situation? Mm. Was there a perspective that you had that you felt like, man, I saw this the wrong way until I ended up in this situation and it's, it's reshaped how I view individuals in need? So I think for me, the biggest like shift in perception was around like, you know, this conversation that we're constantly having about like, why do poor people make such bad decisions? You know, mm. like how did they get into this situation mm. by themselves? So I was in graduate school studying social work and like learning all kinds of things about how to support mm. folks in their time of need. I could not navigate the systems that were that I mm. needed to navigate in order to get the help my family needed. Mm. Like I don't know how many pieces of mail I got from like the Department of Social Services about my food stamp benefits that were like impossible to understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you have a question, you've got to go sit in the office with your kids. Yeah. And then when you're there, like get treated mm -hmm. like a bum, frankly. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, it was really. so disheartening and I often now when we're talking about you know providing this diapers and now period products that we provide to low-income families like being poor is time-consuming absolutely <laughs> and like Man. the hours and hours you have to spend deciphering these communications System. from yep. the state yep. oh god like have I met all the eligibility requirements did I turn in that form in enough time did it, this says it was due a week ago mm. but I just got <laughs> it today right. like mm. I am getting a master's degree in social work and I don't understand how to do this and that is mm. like that feels really problematic yeah. it's <laughs> interesting man I remember uh, with some good friends we went downtown and we were passing out food to, to homeless individuals and we started talking to this one man and uh, we just had a conversation with him. And I just asked him, how did you end up in this situation? He was like, man, I don't drink. He was like, I don't smoke. He like, I don't use drugs, any of that. He said uh, his daughter had passed in, in a car accident and um, him and his wife, who have another daughter, just were depressed. Mm -hmm. He lost his job. They were really living check to check. Mm -hmm. When he lost his job, he was like, so quickly things spiraled out of control. They looked up and they was homeless. He said my mother, he said my um, my wife and my daughter in a homeless shelter, but they wouldn't allow me to come in because I'm the man. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those reminders that you never know why a person is in the situation that they're in. You know, and I always talk about right, wrong, or reality. Sometimes your reality will shift your right and your wrong, like the decisions that you may be willing to make. So it's just that's why I wanted to hear your perspective of how that changed the way that you navigate because when we enter into other people's circumstances and um, situations, it, it helps us become one with them and one with those experiences, but it also shifts our compassion, mm -hmm. which is really out of your pain, out of your despair, something beautiful was birthed, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah.
And I think especially in, in, the, in that crisis moment, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the beautiful pieces that, uh, that I've gotten to watch as, a, as, as Mission St. Louis being a partner with the, with the diaper bank is um, uh, this, isn't just, this isn't only about access to, to diapers and care. There's a piece of this that uh, I, I, think, I think in just hearing this narration that oftentimes uh, anyone inside are working through systems of poverty, um, the dignity that is destroyed, the dignity that is removed. And, um, and the, one of the few ways that dignity is restored is through like care and deep relationship. And I think that's one of the things that you guys have done a really incredible job of bringing to the table is like, yes, diapers matter. Yes, navigating crisis situations matter, but like you matter. Mm-hmm. And what is that? And, and, and so I'd, I'd love just to hear kind of how the relational aspect of what you guys have done and specifically with the experience that you've had has played out over these last few years. Yeah. So, you know, something that didn't change about me when I was living in that situation of poverty was like my need for acceptance and love and care did not go away right. mm-hmm. during that time. Right. But I, I think far too often folks who are kind of engaged in this social service delivery system in engaged with the social safety net they're walking into places and they're seen as like this big ball of problems Mm -hmm. you know and we're even so much of the social safety net well-intentioned as it is is designed to just deal with the problems, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What what are your issues? Okay, let's like solve your issues, <laughs> right. Right? right? But what we need is for somebody to just say like, I, I see you mm-hmm. and I am here mm-hmm. with you and this is hard, yeah. but like I've got your back. And I'm broken with you. Exactly. It's I'm not just like as you are. all right. Well, welcome to the fabulous <laughs> office. Man, I'm I glad you came here. I can solve all your fabulousness <laughs> on you. Bestow my dignity. Bestow right. my privilege on mm-hmm. you. But instead, to remember, like everyone has that yeah. inherent worth and dignity, mm-hmm. and to. Um, Greg Boyle has this beautiful saying, right? Tattoos on the heart, right? Where he talks about the moment when he can see that someone has been returned to themselves. Like so many of the situations and scenarios that folks are engaged in in the social safety net, like you said, it takes it away. Like it we're telling people, you as a human don't actually matter to me. And to return folks to that sense of self and worth and dignity is really like that's at the core of of why we're doing what we're doing like to just tell another mom i've got your back yep. i'm mm-hmm. here for you i see you i see you trying hard to be the best mom you can be and like i'm here yeah. um so the way the diaper bank operates we don't give out the diapers directly to anyone we work through partner agencies and that that connection that seeing is really revolutionizing the way that our partners are able to do their work. Uh, we just partnered last year for the first time with um, St. Mary's uh, hey, SSM uh, system sure. in their maternal and fetal care clinic. They're serving low-income moms who are on Medicaid. So like, there's a clear understanding that these moms are struggling, right? And trying hard to make ends meet. They're eligible for Medicaid, so they're low-income. But never before in that clinical setting did the staff feel equipped to ask 
question, are you having trouble making ends meet? Mm. Because they didn't have an answer. Yeah. Mm. So you got to ask that question. Yeah. Are you? Yes. You're going to ask the question. You Great. Right. Okay. I'm right. sorry. Right. I don't I'm have any. Good to know you're about to lose everything. Right. But I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah, I just wanted to know. And so now that conversation can happen yeah. because the healthcare providers in that setting, are you having trouble making ends meet? Yes. Okay. Here is this concrete physical thing that I'm going to hand you, these diapers. Mm. It's an intimate need and it opens up space to have a conversation mm. about other needs. It creates that moment where the patient feels Absolutely. seen as Absolutely. a human mm. and not just like this body or this ball of you know problems. Right. So we're really proud of that. Yeah. Or a charity case, right? Like, right. Mm -hmm. That it's about the connections. One of our partners actually from St. Mary's, she was like, you know, you wrap the diapers and they like look actually like little bricks. But I just keep thinking about the fact that diapers are like little building blocks of connection. Mm -hmm. They're building connections between parents and children who have the time to like stop during diaper time because you have the diapers that you need. Yeah to talk to your baby, to be there. They're building connections between clients and providers. People show up places just to get diapers and they end up staying because they feel cared about, Absolutely. seen. Um, they're creating connections between our partner agencies in St. Louis. So we have 56 partners right now who, by virtue of the fact that they are engaged with the diaper bank, have learned about each other's services. And mm -hmm. within that diaper bank network, we're able to create a continuum of care. So when a mom leaves St. Mary's, she gets a warm handoff to a parents' teacher's partner who right. can mm -hmm. continue to provide that connection and care as her baby grows. Yeah, and I, I think too, like inside the, I mean, we're all in the nonprofit space. And so mm -hmm. it's really interesting to hear, you know, especially as, there's a lot of communication happens, whether that's outside, whether that's uh, through political systems about like everybody's like, man, St. Louis is so siloed in everything that they do. Uh, and I think nonprofits uh, oftentimes are to blame in, in the midst of that. It's really interesting to see these ecosystems that happen with mm. with diapers, right? When like, hey, uh, watching multiple nonprofit organizations come to the table through this common need, oftentimes um, with a expertise in a certain area of caring uh, for folks that are walking through their through their doors, but oftentimes it's just a knowledge of like, hey, you're out there, mm -hmm. and that relationship of going like, and you're of common mind, right? Because mm -hmm. it's one thing to go like, hey, I know that you can get a need met here, and you can get a need met here. It's a different piece to go like, hey, I know walking through these doors, you will be loved, Absolutely. you will be cared yeah. for, and here's a name, uh, and I, I think that's something that we as a city have been desperate desperate for. It's, it's really cool to hear that coming through Thanks. diapers. Yeah. yeah, it's something that we're really proud of. And, you know, for us, we always knew, like, we're not solving all the problems, sure. right? Mm -hmm. What we entered into this work to do was to support other agencies to do their work better, right? Through mm. the provision of diapers. Mm. And so I think that has helped, like, that we really entered into this, not trying to be the star of the show, but trying to be that backstage support right. for the great work that's already happening. I think that that has really helped. Yeah. So one of the things we always talk about on Say That to Say This is just this idea of legacy, this idea of narrative, mm -hmm. right? Um, and trying to reshape or change the narrative um, for not only what, how people see the city, but about individuals, particularly in the city. So if you've worked, as you've worked with individuals who have come find themselves in circumstances where they have those needs, 
How would you how would you speak about those particular individuals? I know you've had this experience yourself, but from those that you've been able to serve, those you've been able to love on, like what narrative would you want other people to have of those individuals? Gosh, I mean, lots of lots of options there, right? But I mean, I think what I said earlier to just remember that Every human, no matter what their circumstances, they carry with them this desire to be a part of community, yeah. right? Mm. To be a part of a circle of care and compassion. And that, like, uh, you actually said this recently in another podcast, but, like, that we can't forget that we belong to one another right. and mm. that we are only successful to the degree that we are committed to caring for one another and, like... Even if you are experiencing great difficulty or great pain, you still have that yeah. desire mm -hmm. and desperate need to be a part of something. And I think the way our system is set up, so often like that's the one thing that gets left out of the treatment plan, mm -hmm. quote unquote. You know, yeah. and it, it's one of those things that it, it that need defies class. That need defies race. Like, there's no one listening to this or in this room or in this area that isn't desperate to be known, mm -hmm. to, to, to know that someone is out there. And I don't care what socioeconomic class you're, like, there's the common denominator of that mm -hmm. relationship, that sense of community, that oftentimes a socioeconomic, a location, a neighborhood, a community separates us from. Mm -hmm. uh, but yet it's still that common need that runs, that, that is the common denominator. Mm -hmm. So how can how can um, other organizations get connected to you? How can they find out ways to partner with you? What do you guys need? What do we need? Uh, we always need training pants. Uh, yeah. So disposable training pants like pull-ups. Uh, we're mm. in great need of size 4T pull-ups right now. Uh, always the larger sizes of diapers as well, so size 5 and 6. Um, we have just launched in 2020 officially, yay, our new initiative, the St. Louis Alliance for Period Supplies. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so we'll be distributing period products to partner organizations to mm. really meet that unspoken and yeah, so, critically mm. unmet need. Does that come through donations? How, what, what, yes. How does so that all of our period products are coming through from donations through the community. So like in the past, we've been launching the program mm -hmm. for sure. a minute, mm -hmm. uh, but we've received like over a hundred thousand period products donated from folks in the community. It's a very critical need. We actually purchased some of our diapers, the large majority of our diapers actually, um, through wholesale purchasing agreements from Huggies and National Diaper Bank Network. But yeah. So, so where should people go if they want to donate, if they have things to donate? So we have a network of ambassadors who are in places all over the community. You can awesome. find that information Great. on yeah. our website. And we, our offices are uh, 6141 Etzel, just at the corner of Skinker and Etzel, a couple blocks north of the loop. We don't provide services there, but we can take your donations. Okay. <laughs> website? stldiaperbank.org and um, stlaps.org. Fantastic. So drop off diapers. Mm -hmm. Um, place on the website to mm -hmm. donate as mm -hmm. well. Yes. Um, period products mm -hmm. happening, excited about it. Uh, the need for diapers isn't going away. No, so. no. Despite the public policy work we're doing to change that landscape, but it's going to be a minute. So we're going to keep it. working until then. Got it. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having Hold me. Hold on real quick, Jay, before yep. we wrap this up. Okay, okay. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on. 
which I think this relationship is is fantastic. Uh, is we came, we got to know, we've gotten to know you, we've gotten to know the diaper bank, uh, really kind of in like the last six months of mm-hmm. finding out what was going on. Um, and uh, and so there's obviously the work that's being done at the diaper bank needs to be highlighted. Uh, but I want to I want to say on behalf of our organization, on behalf of Mission St. Louis, uh, the way that you've entered into uh, our story and what we're doing in the workforce space. Uh, to be able to be an employer in the space, to be able to be a place where we can uh, partner and send interns um, has just been incredibly beautiful to watch. And so, uh, yes, we love you. The Diaper Bank is fantastic. But thanks for just loving the folks that walk through our door as well. It sure means a lot to us. Yeah, we do love Deja, our office manager, who came <laughs> to us through you guys. What's interesting and is that we were having like our little Monday morning pep rally kickoff and Deja was talking about just, you know, we were all actually talking about some struggles that we had the previous week and how our team at the diaper bank could support one another. And Deja just like really said, um, I'm struggling. We're, we're all struggling in some way. She was like, I love knowing that when I come to this place, I'm loved. Like mm. the this is a family and we mm. are taking care of one another and I feel like that in terms of legacy is a mm. really just beautiful mm. um an important wow. critical work. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So we say that the site is love people when you're around people, engage with people, encourage people. It's interesting sometimes you just having a conversation with someone. We can we can ask a person, "How's your day going?" Mm-hmm. We don't know what's really behind. That's exactly right. We don't know what's behind that question sometimes. Is and it safe to tell you the truth? Is it safe yeah. to tell you the truth? Yeah. And have you created an environment in which I can feel safe yeah. telling you the truth? Right. So, Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you all for listening, for watching. Make sure you stay posted and say that to say this. Holla.